Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. Welcome back to another Work Human Radio. I'm your host, Mike Wood. I have a very special guest today. I am joined by Aaron Hurst of Imperative. Aaron, how are you? Doing great. Doing great. Excited to be with you. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on the show. I believe you have commented on some of our Work Human stuff online. But if people are not familiar with Imperative, like, who are you? What do you do? (laughs) So I guess the story starts a little bit with myself. I've been working for the last 20 years on very sort of complimentary work to what you guys are doing, which I think is fantastic. Just working to really figure out how do we bring meaning and fulfillment to work. I did it first with an organization called the Taproot Foundation, where we really changed the nature of corporate volunteerism to have people not just volunteer time, but actually use their professional skills to do pro bono work and scale that around the world, built a movement around it. Now, you know, really focus on work itself, not just volunteering, how do we make that difference? And the way we're what we're doing, we're a SaaS technology platform that focuses on first helping people understand what is their purpose. So we've actually created the first psychological assessment to determine your purpose. And then we've built up a first ever peer coaching platform that enables a company to have employees regularly having meaningful conversations, really bring meaning to their work, but also help them grow and align with uh, the company. Oh, that's fantastic. So I want to kind of focus first on the Taproot Foundation. How did you kind of come up with the pro bono kind of model and how did you make that work? Yeah, that's a great question. So my grandfather was actually the first officer in Hitler's bunk after the war. Um, Actually, when I was a kid, showed me a piece of stationery with Hitler's name on it that he'd stolen from the bunk. And he basically created this shot for himself of preventing World War III. That was sort of his raison d'etre. And long story short, he worked with Kennedy and created the Peace Corps, which was this model to really help people understand other cultures by going and living and embedding. And Early in my career, what I saw was that we needed a Peace Corps to help bring the nonprofit and for-profit sector together in our country because there is such misunderstanding and that if we want to have any chance of thriving as a society, these sectors need to start to collaborate, not sort of be at each other. And looked at what do the nonprofit sector actually need? They generally don't need a bunch more volunteers. As one nonprofit CEO said to me, if I get another volunteer, we're going to go into business. <laughs> uh, they're actually flooded with volunteers, but they're not doing the work that they need. They need people who can help with HR, finance, marketing, technology, et cetera. And I just realized like, this was the opportunity is to create the first ever platform to help people not just volunteer, but to actually do pro bono work. That's fantastic. I think that's a great idea. You know, people have skills and they want to help out. They just don't know how to go about doing that. So I think exactly. providing those opportunities is fantastic. So you did that for a while and then you moved over into Imperative. So uh, tell me a little bit about like yep. that jump, how that kind of came about. Yeah, so we had basically scaled to the point where we had a marketplace of about $15 billion a year of pro bono services happening in the U.S. We had 50 affiliates around the globe, and we were just seeing such success. But what keeps on sort of nagging me was this idea that people were using pro bono work to get fulfillment in their lives. They're actually using it as a supplement because their work wasn't fulfilling. And I had two young children at the time, and it just struck me like, the problem to work on is not how to make volunteerism better now. It's the problem is how to make work itself better. So Left Taproot uh, wrote my book, The Purpose Economy. I really framed how the whole economy is shifting on purpose and how purpose is what's going to enable work and markets to move forward, which 
has proven to be absolutely the case. And we launched with our purpose assessment, which 150,000 people have now done, really uncovering psychologically what brings purpose to each employee. But realize that just finding out what brings you purpose, while it statistically increases the odds of you being fulfilled, um, doesn't activate it on a day-to-day basis, and that we needed a model to actually enable people to thrive on a day-to-day basis. As we looked at the people who thrive versus those that don't, one of the things that really stood out to us is that people who thrive and are fulfilled at work really lean on their peers, more so than their managers, more so than HR. They lean on their peers for support that's reflecting what's going on in their work, for growing, for learning, et cetera, and that there was no platform out there to really help people do that kind of more psychological coaching with their peers. So we launched that and just have seen incredible interest from corporations because everyone's seen this challenge where relationships are not what they need to be in corporations. Psychological safety is not there. Diversity inclusion is struggling. These are all based on the reality that people don't have the relationships they need. So really looking to address that problem. I think you're preaching the gospel as far as I'm concerned and everybody at Work Human here. We've seen in our research that Purpose is consistently the number one thing that people want out of a job. They don't just want to go in yeah. and clock in nine to five. That doesn't exist anymore, at least not in professional services and stuff. So I really champion that. Plus, just anecdotally from seeing around the office is having that network of your peers to lift you up and to help you all work together is really something that we've seen in our research as well, that it's the people that you work with that make you stay at a company. So I think the work that you're doing is fantastic. No, it's so important now too. Someone just showed me recently a research that showed that 50% of millennial turnover is actually tied to mental health issues. And for Gen Z, that's as much as 75% of turnover. And a lot of that's tied back in the research to the fact that if people are not having those strong relationships, it's actually not only deteriorating mental health, but it's actually improving a level of resilience to stress and anxiety that causes the health issues. So this really is at the nub of so many different issues in the workplace. Yeah, I think that with millennials, I mean, I'm not a millennial. Maybe I'm right on the border. I was born in 82. So, But I feel like from what I remember about college and whatnot is they tell you, you can do anything. You're going to go off. You're going to grab. Yeah. world's going to be your oyster. You're going to do great things. And then you get out of work and they're like, you can do great things after you make me 40 binders or 40 copies of this. So yeah. you, your first job is always probably, I would say, one of the most soul-crushing experiences that you are an admin and you are just constantly supporting others. So I think that with millennials having this drilled in their head that they're going to change the world and seeing people like the Zuckerbergs of the world that are actually out there changing things, whether for good or for bad, but you can get a little bit depressed uh, right out of the workforce. So I think that, and the thing with social media being out there now and just everybody is living their best life on Facebook, you can fall into the trap of looking at what everybody else is doing because they're not going to share things that necessarily that they're struggling with. It's all going to be, look at, I'm traveling around the world and I'm doing X, Y, Z. So it gives you a little bit more depression there. So having that network at work to lift you up together is something that we need. I love the way you brought that up. You also see because someone's in that kind of job you're describing, they get frustrated. What do they do? They quit and take another job and through the cycle perpetuates in large part because of the relationship piece, because if you aren't at a place very long, you don't establish those relationships and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You keep on jumping from job to job, but never able to establish the relationships are really at the core of what makes work meaningful. And I've met a lot of people in jobs that you wouldn't think are meaningful jobs, but they have such great relationships that they still find that work deeply meaningful. 
versus like always looking at like this moonshot that you have to be focused at work. If you just focus on relationships, it's amazing how much that feeds everything else. Yeah. So how did you hear about Work Human and some of the work that we're doing? Oh my God. I gave about two hours. I can tell you like uh, all the different ways. We have all the time you need. (laughs) (laughs) I have not met someone who's progressive in HR leadership that hasn't talked about how incredible research convening to the values behind Work Human and how the leadership you're playing and really sort of stating that there is a better way that's possible. And not only you're talking about actually having a technology solution that backs that up. And that's incredibly rare. I think that's something we aspire to as well at a much earlier stage. But that ability to not only contribute to community and to voice, but to also be contributing a solution that's scalable to actually address that change. I think it's honestly unique in the market right now. Well, that's great. So I, I appreciate that. But if our listeners out there are looking for ways that they can get involved and get more purpose in their work and maybe even outside of work, are there some easy things that you recommend? Is the Taproot Foundation still around? Like- oh, absolutely. And if you want to do, you know, volunteering, Taproot is absolutely there. I also do a lot of work with Lee Hoffman on LinkedIn on their volunteer platform. So on LinkedIn, you can do that as well and sort of raise your hand as someone who's interested in doing that as part of your profile. That's certainly one piece. I think the main piece I would challenge people to do is to really think about the quality of the relationships they have at work. One of the questions I often ask people to reflect on is, who are the people in your work that truly bring meaning to your work? And what is it about them that does that? And how can you build more relationships like that? That simple act is really the catalyst for building more meaning into your work. It has less to do with the task. It has more to do with investing in, in those relationships. So really encourage people to take that initial step in the process as an individual. At an organizational level, I mean, if anyone's interested in learning more about the science of purpose, the science of fulfillment, and how peer coaching is really changing the dynamic of interaction at work, obviously encourage them to check out imperative.com. We've got a number of white papers and research reports that they could learn more there. All fantastic. What's the name of your book again so I can make sure people can go out and get it? Yeah, Purpose Economy. Purpose Economy. I love it. I'm talking to Aaron Hurst. He's the founder of Imperative and the Taproot Foundation. He's actually doing some good things in the world out there, connecting people with skills, with volunteer opportunities, and more purpose in work. Thank you, Aaron, for the conversation, and I hope you have a great day. Right back at you. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at Work Human Live in 2020, May 11th through the 14th in San Antonio. Visit workhuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2020. 